Hello and welcome to the 40M News Podcast with your host, James Coppert. Oi, oi, how you all doing? Seems a bit of a long time since I last recorded the show and that is due to, I've just been working on it since, since the last one and I've been up pretty much till one o'clock every single night doing research and finding articles but there seems to be so much, I don't know whether it's the run up to Halloween or what but there's loads so it's taken just such a long time to put together but here we are, it's Saturday night, we're recording, it's not three in the morning like it normally is when I get a chance to record, it is only seven o'clock at night so hopefully I'll be a bit more with it this time. Right off the bat I want to give out a couple of big thank yous to a few people who've shown incredible kindness this week. Kindness is a big deal so some of the articles appearing in this week's episode would not be here if it wasn't for a few people that I want to mention. First of all a huge thank you to Gordon from York for taking time out of your day to provide me with some assistance on an article and a solution to help me in the future as well. Also, a big thank you to at Origami Nick, and if you go and look at the creations he puts up on Twitter, they're quite exceptional. Origami is an art form that I've endlessly attempted and only produced a result that no matter what I try and create, always looks like a used tissue. Nicks are exceptionally beautiful. Also, a massive shout out to one of my favourite rappers, MC Kinners, who's been sending me articles for this week's show. I also want to take this opportunity to send my warmest wishes to Dan in Somerset and Michaela in Hull for sending messages of support about the show. I can say with genuine sincerity, it meant a lot to receive those messages, so thank you so much for getting in touch. So, Gordon, Origami Nick, Michaela and Dan, MC Kinners, this show I dedicate to you. I've got room for one more dedication, and I also want to dedicate it to another guy who helped me out with an article. It's a guy called Jonesy. And Jonesy hosts a show called Weird AF News. So whereas we cover the world's Fortiana, Jonesy tells the stories every single day that, as the title suggests, are weird, crazy, or just downright outrageous. This guy makes a show five days a week, which now I know how much work goes into making just one show truly is an incredible feat, especially to keep the consistency and the quality. And to be honest with you, the guy is absolutely hilarious. The show has its own unique style where Jonesy kind of has a self-dialogue, reading the news and then discusses it to the audience. Um, It's a style that is very hard to do and do it well, but he does it. And I can't listen to it in public because I get too many weird looks because I can't help but burst out laughing. It's available anywhere that you get a podcast. So go and check it out. Weird AF News is just a really... Very talented, very funny, but really humble and lovely guy. So definitely deserves your support. So when you finish listening to this, of course, when you finish listening to this, go and give Weird AF News a spin. Uh, You won't regret it. It's absolutely brilliant. A couple of bits of really exciting news for you, but just before we start, I recently read a book called Blythe Spirits, A History of the Poltergeist by S.D. Tucker. I commend it to every single one of you now. If you've got any even slight passing interest in the poltergeist this is probably the best book you will read on the subject it's absolutely incredible full of examples uh, senses of humor the history loads of stories that are being told as well as kind of a narrative which com- compares it to the trickster gods and things like that it's well 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 worth a read I couldn't put it down. An incredible book. And I am hoping to interview the author as a special spin-off show of this. So I'm really looking forward to that with more news upon that as it comes. Uh, Second of all, um, if you listen to my second interview on the Grave Talks about a place that um, I used to work, 
uh, in Filey. That was a youth centre where people had their hair pulled. There was growls, things operating out of the air, doors uh, opening and closing in front of people, full-blown apparitions, things moving on command, um, shadow people. It's all there. It's an amazing story. It's all completely true. Um, these people that witnessed this were kind of youth workers and social workers as well. So these are like, you know, credible witnesses. And it's just amazing so if you go to haunted youth center on the grave talks find it there it is genuinely just one of the most active buildings in the world and it's an incredible story and well worth a listen if you're interested in poltergeist things and lastly in the shameless self-promotion but i'm actually telling you because i think you'd be interested um episode 469 of jim harold's campfire entitled the thing in the woods there's an interview with me uh, right at the end um if you haven't heard jim harold's campfire before now is the perfect time to get into it um he's been going for years it's probably the biggest paranormal podcast there is and for good reason uh, what he does is basically interviews people um for anyone that's had experiences with ghosts poltergeists ufos time slips what he calls head scratches um, and compiles them all into one big show just small 10 minute interviews um, with lots of different people sharing their experiences so perfect time to get into it for halloween and i just basically tell a story of a house i used to live in and although i hate the house now and if you offer me a shed i'd move out of this house into another house if you offer me that house along with a few million pounds and all my dreams come true I still wouldn't move into that house. So go and have a listen now. Mine's right at the end, number 469 of Jim Harold's Campfire. And without further ado, let's crack on with this week's 40N News. First of all, a roundup of the media's reports of ghostly goings-on. Some of you may have heard of Amethyst Realm. No, it's not a cave full of sparkling wonder, nor is it a video game, nor is it a gift shop on Scarborough Seafront selling tat. Amethyst Realm is the name of a woman who famously made headlines in 2017 when she revealed she was having sexual relationships with ghosts. She kicked her fiancé out after finding the spirit world far more pleasuring, although it must be hard to tell if he's finished or if it is just ectoplasm. Amethyst made headlines again in 2018. After enjoying, let's say, rendezvous with various spirits, she finally met the one. Ray was his name, a spirit who she felt such a connection with that the couple got engaged, although I imagine that during the wedding, they would have to change the line of until death do us part. Well, this week, Amethyst went back on ITV's This Morning TV show, however, to say that the engagement is now off. The pair travelled on holiday together. No, that, that doesn't quite make sense. Let, let me change how I say that. Amethyst went on holiday by herself, but took her fiancé Ray with her. Now this should have been a dream holiday, your first holiday with your new fiancé, full of loved up wonder and excitement, but things started going wrong when Ray started hanging out with the wrong crowd, and she says he changed. Now I know what you're expecting me to say, that he changed into a demon or, or into Beelzebub himself, but no, what Amethyst meant is he changed into a bit of a douche. Amethyst stated, and I quote, that he started becoming really inconsiderate. 
It disappeared for long periods of time, and when it did come back, it'd bring other spirits to the house, and they'd just laze about for days. She also complained that the other spirits he brought back would stay for days at a time, and they would make loads of banging sounds and strange noises. And Amethyst suspects that Ray was partying with his new friends and drinking a lot and taking lots of drugs, which of course would change anyone, but who would expect that a pirate from centuries ago with old values on women would end up being a bit of a douche? If there are any dead people listening, uh, Amethyst is now single and available and looking forward to your call. I did try, I do like to get both sides of the story, and I did try to contact Ray, um, but unfortunately he, he wouldn't comment. If you're new to the show, I, I think you actually think I'm taking the Michael, but just Google it. This is a genuine news story. And I just want to wish good luck to both Amethyst and Ray in finding new love for the future. Twin Scouse ghost hunters, Lindsay and Louise Scott, and their two friends who went to visit Liverpool's Adelphi Hotel, which was once named the UK's most haunted hotel, had their video reported by the Liverpool Echo. While checking in, the desk clerk confirmed that the hotel was indeed 100% haunted, and although he hadn't seen anything firsthand, he had heard repeated unexplained noises. And I'm guessing he did mean something paranormal, and he wasn't just very innocent. The footage uploaded on the newspaper's page shows that the group investigated the building and did in fact hear a few strange noises, but the hotel was open at the time and thus it was a contaminated investigation space. It is therefore hard to discern what was unexplained noises and what was the noise of the current hotel's patrons and not the dead ones. Some of the other strange things that the group found were finding handprints on the mirror which in fairness could have been left by someone touching the mirror. And then the girls got really excited to find a pair of handprints high up on the wall, with a terrified group asking who on earth could have left those handprints up there. Well, I'm happy to answer that question for them. As someone who's six foot three, the answer could be me. However, joking aside, I must admit, it was refreshing to see some young females carrying out investigations and sharing their media, as it so often is a white, middle-aged, male-dominated scene. I really do wish the group the best of luck, and I hope it does inspire more young females to get involved into ghost hunting. There was one thing in their video that I did find utterly terrifying, because at first I thought there was a possession occurring live on screen, until I realised that, no, they actually were their eyebrows. Also reported in the Liverpool Echo, a paranormal investigation group called Disturbed Paranormal visited Walton Hall, built in 1704 and designed by famous architect Robert Adam. Sadly, this beautiful building, and I know it's my personal opinion, but I think it's utterly criminal that this beautiful piece of history has just been left derelict and allowed to rot. Anyway, on the plus side, it means that it is open for paranormal investigation. And I really love this story. Disturbed paranormal claimed to have captured eerie evidence potentially caused by the ghost of a monk. The monk has been reportedly seen multiple times in the basement of the house, so the group set up a static camera on a chair, hoping to capture evidence of him. When they got home, they eagerly reviewed the footage from the basement from the camera. Now, at a time when all team members were upstairs and accounted for because they were doing a live stream on Instagram, someone comes from behind the camera picks it up to around chest height before slowly tilting it up at the ceiling and then tilting it back forwards and placing it carefully back down on the chair. 
Now, what's interesting is if you remember earlier, I mentioned that book by S.D. Tucker called Blythe Spirits, An Imaginative History of the Poltergeist. Well, that describes this trickster element of the poltergeist, and this is a perfect example, which is just why I love this story so much. The trickster poltergeist gives away evidence quite freely that it's real, but plants just enough doubt to never prove it completely. Now, to the group, if their claims are true, they know by the timestamp that they are completely alone in that building at that time and that they're all upstairs totally accounted for. But to anyone else watching, anyone could have picked up that camera. There's no evidence at all that is paranormal. Apart from the people or person who has experienced the poltergeist activity, it gives you just enough to keep you intrigued, but never enough for it to be undeniable. Look at the examples at Skinwalker Ranch or other investigations. In fact, let me give you two examples that I experienced myself. So earlier I mentioned I did an interview about a haunted youth centre with the Grave Talks podcast. So this place was a little bit like a paranormal playground. It was that active. And when we finished work or on a break, we would sometimes do things like ask the spirits to wrap a response to questions or one example what we did is we put someone on a bed and asked the spirits to move the bed with the person on it and they duly obliged most of the time. However, no matter how trustworthy the witness is, most people don't believe things unless they see it with their eyes. So I wanted to provide some absolute unequivocal evidence of what was going on. So we decided to do a live feed on social media. We went around the building and then we had a ball in the middle of the room and live on this feed we asked the spirits to move the ball and on the fourth time of asking that ball shot up vertically to the ceiling at great speed and with enough force to actually knock the netting off the ceiling onto the floor. I thought great we've got evidence it was on a live feed so not something you can fake with post-editing software or anything like that but of course when we played the video back the person who was filming it was filming their chest and had switched the camera accidentally the one wrong way round. Or maybe they didn't, maybe the spirits had switched the camera. Now, I have no doubt whatsoever that had we been filming the right way, that that ball would not have moved. What I think is they knew that we weren't filming and so decided to give us the ultimate show where we obviously thought we were. Now, me and the guy that I was with 100% can tell you that that ball moved on command with an incredible force with absolutely no one touching it and we were stood maybe five feet away from it but you're not going to take my word for it you could think we're both crazy you will want to see that footage and even then an element of you unless you were there in that room and saw it happened could think that someone is falsifying something somewhere just to give you one more example and this is an example from the very same building there was a room on the top floor and overnight frequently the furniture would be rearranged. The cleaner would be in and make all the beds and come back the next day, even if no one had been in and all the beds would be unmade. Also, and the most weird thing, is there'd be french fries left on the floor in the room. Now, of course, management thought someone was coming in on a night, using a key, getting in and doing this kind of activity. Um, so what they did was, is change the lock. Did it stop? No, of course not. Now, I know some of you out there will be saying, oh, they got in through the window or and there must have been another way of getting in. The window was jammed shut. It was also 40 feet up in the air. There's absolutely no way anyone was getting into that room without going through the building first. So, of course, wanting to capture evidence and thinking this is just a brilliant opportunity, we got a field camera. Now, 
a field camera is a camera that only starts filming if it detects movement. So we thought it's the perfect thing to leave in the room for a week and wait for something to happen. And we put it in for an entire week and the only footage it picked up was me returning into the room to pick up the camera. And of course, the cleaner. Can you imagine what happened when we took the camera out? That's right, the room was completely rearranged that night. So I can tell you these stories, and I can also swear on my children's lives that they're true, and they might give you just enough of slight belief to be intrigued. But of course, there's no real evidence for you to be completely convinced, and so the trickster wins the round again. Anyway, to carry on the news. One of the biggest personalities in Australia, Jackie O. Henderson, got a pair of ghost hunters to investigate her 11 million Australian dollar mansion after hearing footsteps on the stairs. According to the article, Anne Reichowicz and Renata Daniel investigated the home and confirmed that the home is haunted. And what is this unequivocal proof? Well, they used an ovulus machine. Now, I've used an office machine that told me my cat was haunted by a demon named Derek who wanted to lick my eyeballs, so it must be true. The ovulus also said that a little girl named Veronica haunted that building, which is why Jackie O's daughter felt like she wanted to move in that house so much. The ghost hunting duo also stated that there is a man in the building who haunts the bedroom area and he is pleased that Jackie O has moved in. How the ghost hunting duo came to the conclusion that a man who haunts a bedroom and stands invisible while the attractive Jackie O takes her clothes off would be pleased that she moved in, I will never know. I must admit, I am a little frustrated though. If only I knew that professional ghost hunting was as easy as using a machine which picks random words out the air, I wouldn't have tried so hard to produce actual evidence on my own ghost hunts. I'm being very facetious tonight, aren't I? I need to stop. In the next story... As Disneyland plans to reopen its haunted mansion for Halloween, Pat reported some of the seemingly real haunts in the park. First of all, in 2009, in some of the most incredible footage available, an apparition seems to leave the haunted mansion after closing hours and walks down the path and straight through the closed gates, with some people speculating it's the ghost of Walt Disney himself. What is really compelling is the spirit can be seen in multiple monitors from different cameras. In the second piece of footage, the Tower of Terror, a technician tries out a ride, and two misty apparitions with striking faces appear for a few seconds in the seats. Is this simply light and smoke, creating pareidolia? If it is, then this smoke is doing a great job in tricking my eyes that those are real and genuine faces. In other strange footage, while the park is open, on the same ride, a camera phone captures a misty figure stood inside the tower, looking down on the crowds below, who are absolutely mystified by what they are witnessing. On a different day, another similarly spooky misty figure has been filmed on top of Sleeping Beauty's castle, while the firework display goes off behind it. Is this just fun projections in the park to make it seem more mystical, or is there really something going on there? When you first step foot on the street in Disneyland and look to the left, there's a window with a light on, According to legend, this was the room that Walt Disney stayed in when he was at the hotel and he used to leave the light on to let the workers know he was there and to be on the best behaviour as he was inspecting them. When Walt Disney died, they turned out the light in his apartment and it turned straight back on again. The worker, thinking she was mistaken, returned to the light and turned it off, but of course, it turned straight back on again, but this time, a voice sounded in the apartment saying, I'm still here! Since then, 
the light has always remained on. Also on Main Street at the park, after dark when it's closed, workers have witnessed poltergeist activity, and they hear footsteps, doors slamming, and strange noises upstairs when they know that the rooms are empty. And finally, on Space Mountain, a ghost is seen and filmed that regularly that the ginger-haired ghost has been nicknamed Mr. One-Way. If a patron is riding alone, Mr. One-Way can often be seen walking across and getting into the seat next to them, and then just disappears before the ride ends. However, it doesn't stop him doing the same thing again later on that day. Feminist website Jezebel tried to scare the entire internet out when Alison Meow told everyone about a stay she had in a USA yoga retreat in the desert. Alison stated that all was pretty normal. Well, as normal as a bunch of middle-class white women culturally appropriating a postmodern mishmash of religions is normal. All was normal until the second to last day. The day before they were due to leave, Alison went for a jog on the trails, as she had been doing all week. But this time, she couldn't shake the feeling that someone was watching her, and she said she kept preparing herself for an attack, which thankfully never arrived. While asleep on a final night, Alison heard a sound of tribal drumming which woke her up. Thinking it was part of the camp, she went outside and she could still hear the drumming and went to find the source of the noise. As she approached the outer gate, she put her hand on the handle when a voice from out of nowhere suddenly said, The thing trying to lure you outside in the dark is not the thing that you want to meet. This cryptic message was enough to freak Alison out, so she went back to bed and the drumming stopped. Sadly, the article doesn't speculate on any explanation as to what this is. However, if it is a true account, it does raise a number of interesting questions. What is this thing that she told was the thing that she didn't want to meet, and why was it drumming? Also, whose was the protective voice that stopped her? Was it an ancestor? Was it a guardian angel? Or, of course, there is one more question, which is, who put LSD in the punch? The North Wales Daily Post reported that a ghost hunt in a Wrexham bar in Wales called The Hideout with paranormal investigator Matt Tilley resulted in a haunted doll crying genuine tears. The doll, named Annie, is, we are told, haunted by two demons and was purchased by the investigator to work as a paranormal catalyst on ghost hunts. The doll, which looks like something out of a horror film, with its cartoonish, ghastly makeup, reputably swears, and was once filmed with a two-headed demon appearing behind it. On the investigation at the bar, the group stated that they heard a ghost screaming and the sound of children running around them, and they also made some sort of communication with a 170-year-old cobbler. They used a Ouija board to communicate with a boy who lived with his family, but because he couldn't spell, his communication was said to be limited. Please spare a moment to think of all those dyslexic ghosts unable to use a Ouija board. Maybe their anger and frustration in this is how poltergeists are created. Something happened that night that obviously upset the demons and made the doll cry. Maybe it's because they're being used as a doll to help in paranormal investigations in a bar in Wales, rather than bringing forth the destruction of humanity as most demons want to achieve. Whatever the reason, the doll started to produce what's said to be real tears. Well, they say real, but they were fresh water, so, in other words, not real tears. 
The water fell from the eyes and even stained the doll's paintwork. It does beg the question, why is it that dolls are the inanimate objects that ghosts and demons supposedly haunt the most? Why have two demons seen this frankly rubbish doll and thought, we've been here since eternity, let's bunk up in this doll together. It just doesn't make sense. If I was a demon, there are far cooler objects you could possess and haunt. There is an object in my girlfriend's drawer that buzzes, which would be far more fun to haunt. And let's be honest, it would also make a far more interesting movie than Annabelle. Interestingly, the Welsh town of Wrexham has made paranormal headlines at this time last year as well. Matt Evans was called to his building after the alarms were set off in the empty nightclub at 3am. Despite being warned the building was haunted by a maintenance worker who heard noises and refuses to work there alone, as a sceptic, when the alarm went off, Matt checked the building to see if all the doors and windows were locked and secure and that there was no one left lurking in the building. Finding the building empty, he then watched the CCTV footage, which has made him have to re-evaluate his whole belief system. In the scene he witnessed there are a bunch of balloons on the ceiling which are completely motionless, except for one which is rapidly swaying left and right quite aggressively. Now, anyone that knows balloons knows you can't just blow one and the rest will stay perfectly still. Next, the wet floor sign stood in the middle of the dance floor, slams hard to the ground. Then two orbs float across the screen. And when I say orbs, I mean orbs, not dust. Please stop sending me photos of dust before the metal framed bar stool starts to be pulled out before what looks to be a violent kick sends it crashing to the ground. If this is fake footage, they have done an exceptional job in creating the effects in this very compelling evidence. Staying in Wales, a Welsh national paper printed a Halloween article about the most haunted places you can visit in Swansea. There have been hundreds of articles as local papers tried to print something spooky in the run-up to Halloween. However, it does deserve a mention, as it features one of the most fussy ghosts I've ever heard of. In the Welcome to Town Inn, yeah, that's its real name, there is a ghost of a coachman who's been sitting at a table by the window, but get this, he only appears to women, and only when they're drinking sherry. Do you think he sits in the spirit world watching, thinking, oh, that one's a looker, let me go and sit down with her, oh no, hang on, she only ordered a brandy, not for me, I'm staying here. And yes, that is a terrible Welsh accent, I do apologise. Exorcists were called into a home in New Zealand to help a group of five Filipino workers who have been tormented by spirits according to the Daily Mail. The bungalow in Pukakoa has been terrorised by three female spirits according to the workers. They have given up trying to manage the lighting at the home as the female poltergeist insists on turning the lights on and off as well as crying incessantly. In the night one worker was terrified as he couldn't get up after feeling his legs pinned down, while another worker in the night was slapped across the face. As if being physically assaulted isn't bad enough, one man was accused of cheating on his wife. While calling his wife at home in the Philippines on the webcam, his partner saw a woman appear behind him, but of course her husband swore that there was no one in the room. This then sparked her suspicions even further, because why was he lying? She saw the woman behind him. Previous owner of the bungalow, Kim Tilliard, stated that his family had frequent run-ins with the spirits and tried to have the house blessed many times without it making any difference. 
Kim's wife, Christine, was terrified when laying with the baby and woke up to see a figure in a long cloak leaning over her. The group of Filipino workers could actually learn from Christine, though, who became so fed up that she told them to leave her family alone, which they did for two whole decades until this new group moved in. Having had enough, the Filipino workers have called on paranormal investigator Karen Williams, who will bring her group in, first of all to try and capture evidence, but will then conduct a Wiccan banishing spell involving divine light in a Hebrew ritual. Of course, to remain unbiased, I must add that the article does also provide the exceptionally helpful and scientific explanation for the activity occurring from the New Zealand Skeptic Society, who said there may be a rational explanation. So thank you for that amazing insight. Trending on Netflix at the moment is the brilliant but chilling and upsetting documentary, American Murder, The Family Next Door. But what doesn't feature in the documentary is the incredible amount of strange paranormal activity in the home occurring immediately after the murders, which has been well documented and widely reported. In the documentary film itself, many newspapers have reported that one of the murdered girls can be seen in the back room when the group find the murdered wife's phone. However, further footage from the time that wasn't featured in the film has revealed an incredible amount of captured activity. However, further footage from the time has revealed an incredible amount of captured activity. When the police's canine unit entered the home wearing body cams to investigate, it is claimed an apparition could be seen at the top of the stairs in the now famous footage which can be viewed on YouTube. Moments after this, an EVP is picked up of a voice whispering, get out alive, before a female voice responds, no. When the two officers went upstairs, another EVP is captured of a child's giggle, which disturbed the investigating officers, who heard it audibly in real time, and were trying to find, unsuccessfully, an explanation to the sound that they heard. The EVPs continue to be picked up throughout the officers' search of the home, including things like a female whispering, this is our home, and a voice saying, Something told her, followed by a moan, along with multiple other voices heard with high frequency throughout the investigation, particularly when the canine unit are exploring the garage. In other footage not included in the documentary, possibly because it's so strange it would take away from the actual story itself. The night following the murder, officers are called to the home after witnesses saw and CCTV picks up the image of a female entering the house. Having seen no one leave, the officers arrive at the scene and announce their arrival at the door with their guns drawn. They also find that the garage lights have been turned on, which were definitely turned off the previous day. No one responds to the officers to say that they're in the house, so they search the house with their guns drawn and again pick up children's voices and the name Amanda whispered. In the very same place where the child was seen the previous day on the stairs, an officer is stood there and the figure of a child can be seen momentarily stepping out from behind the officer's legs. Are these the spirits of the murdered family trying to communicate and seek safety with the officers, or has this horrific act caused the manifestation of other entities within the house? All that we know was that the woman who was witnessed entering the home and who turned on the garage lights that night never left the home and seemingly vanished in thin air as she was never found by the team of officers either. Now that is creepy. CBS 58 Milwaukee 
have announced that during lockdown, while regular plays are not going on in the landmark Riverside Theatre, it is opening up for haunted tours. The 91-year-old building has had a fair share of history. The stairs leading up to the lighting booth are said to be particularly unwelcoming, with people getting a hostile sensation in the air around them, while others feeling like they were being pushed back down the stairs and prevented from entering the booth. Legend has it that a long-time employee in the lighting area passed away there and now doesn't want anyone else messing with his gear, which is fair enough really, and it's also a room regular EVPs are recorded. In the backstage area, it can be heard children's footsteps running around even when the building is completely empty, and the scariest area is said to be the basement where people have recorded full audio of an aggressive growl. The Riverside staff say they're frequently startled by the spirits and their theatrics, pun intended. The Daily Star has reported that a ranch owner from Washington, USA, was spooked when she rewatched a security feed. She noticed the horses stopped what they were doing and turn and stare at something. When she played the footage back, she saw a figure emerge from the front of the ranch, which they state is miles away from anywhere else and unlikely to be an intruder. The figure seems to be dressed in a long shroud and walks into view in a slow, menacing way before vanishing into thin air. The ranchers said they could not even find any footprints the next day. Others are not so convinced, particularly considering what the ghost is wearing and how scary its walk is almost makes it too perfect like something from a horror movie to be real. Also in the Daily Star, a video was uploaded to popular app Reddit entitled one of the most compelling pieces of evidence I've seen. The footage is from a live feed and features a man who is obviously shook up from seeing something in his backyard while smoking. The people on his feed keep asking him what he saw, so he eventually plucks up the courage to open the door and film outside again. He's filming the area explaining, that's where I seen it. And while he's talking to his feed after a few moments, a translucent shape suddenly dashes across the grass. The man squeals, runs back in the house and shuts the door, stating, What the boop is going on? Having watched the footage, it is bizarre and I can't get it out of my head. He bounces across the grass rather than walks and looks almost like an emu. With how 2020 is panning out, maybe it isn't the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but the four emus. But whatever it is, this is some very weird footage. Another big video to hit Reddit is of user AVSK117, which ended up being reported in the press. A man notices an orb on his baby monitor moving about their daughter's crib. Please don't groan, this isn't dust, this is actually a little more compelling. There is one orb which changes multiple directions around the crib. It can't be seen in the light and they couldn't capture the image on a mobile phone. The only time it is visible is on the night vision camera on the baby's monitor. What makes this even more convincing to me is the dad blows where the orb is, and instead of it flapping around as dust would behave, it continues to move round the crib at its own pace. Of course, being decent parents, they remove the baby until the orb disappeared around five minutes later. Scottish Press reported this week a photo was posted online which was taken back in 2016 but only just published. A Czech tourist was visiting Douglas Park and taking photos with an old Roliflex camera. The photographer 
who claims he is a sceptic, was with his wife and took photos of an old ruined derelict house. When he developed the photograph, he saw, to his absolute shock, a very clear woman's face looking back at him out of the empty window. The face, which is slightly translucent, is without any doubt that of a woman aged in her 50s. Some people state that it could be faked using double exposure, which was then debunked by showing that the trees are unblurred in the wind. The photographer even included the negatives and challenged anyone to prove that this is a fake photo. Instead of trying to debunk the photo, I challenge those who want to spend time trying to find out the truth to look at the history of the building and see if you can find images of the previous resident, and I suspect they will look a lot like the lady in the photo. Realtor.com have published the results to their annual Halloween survey. The survey in the USA found out that 13%, unlucky for some, thought that their home they are living in is haunted. This, of course, is more than 1 in 10. However, of those, the majority felt it was not enough of a reason to pack up their home and leave. When asked these 13% what makes them think that their house is haunted, 44% said they keep hearing strange noises, although my girlfriend keeps making them and she isn't haunted. In joint second was hot and cold spots, as well as unexplained shadows, at 37%. At 30% was odd pet behaviour, which for my cat would be behaving normal. The next least common results were being touched and items moving or levitating. Weirdly, no one actually seemed to say seeing a ghost, or if they did, it was not published. For those that don't live in Haunted House, the majority said that they would never want to, which I'd think is just outright prejudice. I'm intrigued as to what next year's results are. I do propose that next year's survey will have an increase in people thinking their home is haunted. Let me explain my reasoning. First of all, with many souls leaving the planet at once through Covid, some are going to get stuck or confused. Secondly, whether you believe that poltergeists are caused by the mind through RSPK or is because of an actual entity, we know that people going through stressful situations dramatically increases the likelihood of poltergeist activity. With people losing family members, jobs and just the stress of being at home, those energies are only going to create more strange experiences. Talking of energy, thirdly, people increasingly working from home so A, are more likely to witness any activity that's going on and B, staying in that home will increasingly give the poltergeist more energy to operate. Remember, you heard it here first. Following on from the survey which asks, is a haunting in your home enough to make you leave? The real answer is, it depends on what is occurring in that haunting, as proven by the final story in our rundown of ghostly things this week. A beautiful British mansion is now on the market for a bargain £2.7 million or £3.5 US dollars after the owners fled the home after only 18 months, stating the reason is that it's because it's full of ghosts. Anwar Rashid and his family were so scared that they couldn't take it anymore. The incredible mansion was built by the Clifton family, who lived in the property for 700 years until new ownership took it on in 1958. Mr Rashid moved in and stated paranormal activity began almost immediately on the very first day when rapping could be heard on the walls. Then it went quiet for a few months until one of his maids wouldn't go to her room as she saw a grey 
ghostly figures sitting on her bed. They started witnessing doppelganger experiences where the spirits started to take the form of the family's own children. Mr Rashid's wife went to the kitchen to prepare some milk for the baby at 5am one morning. She saw her eldest daughter sat downstairs watching TV and although it was early, didn't think much about it until she walked past her eldest daughter's bedroom on the way back to hers and saw her fast asleep in her bed. They called in ghost investigations teams who couldn't stop the activity with them claiming it's the only place they've ever investigated where they actually felt scared. However, it was when mysterious blood spots started to appear on their baby's bedding that the family decided it was time to move out that very day. this week's UFO stories. Since the admission of UFOs as a genuine issue by a number of countries, most notably the USA Pentagon, confirming what everyone knew already, a number of scientists, including Jacob Hack Misra from Blue Marble Space Institute, states that they need to be studied seriously. Fair point, but I'm sure organisations like MUFON can be heard screaming, What do you think we've been doing and have been doing for decades? Unfortunately for some people, often, ironically scientists, who would think are scientific in thinking, can be presented with two million witness testimonies and deny them. But a government says you're okay to believe, and then they are suddenly true. If 99% of the two million witnesses can be written off as a natural phenomena, insanity, drugs, or mistaken FOs, that still leaves 20,000 unaccounted for. That's some big evidence. UFOs, or UAPs as they're now seemingly being called, have caught the science zeitgeist now that they're actually real suddenly. Philip Alieris from the European Space Agency Space Research and Technology Centre, catchy name, has launched the Unidentified Aerospace Phenomena Observations Reporting Scheme, even catchier, and is wanting professional and amateur astronomers to collate UAP reports. He stated, There is no need for the scientific study of UAPs and a requirement to assemble reliable evidence, something that could not be ignored by science. Seemingly, as a scientist, ignoring all the incredible evidence organisations like MUFON have collated for decades. However, Alieris does make the good point that if we could all tap into the Earth observation satellites, we could begin to have civilians monitoring any activity. A team of named UAPX made up of military veterans, physicists, trained observers, research scientists and more will be monitoring an area over the ocean to trial the project, who don't just want to record incredible footage of the UAPs, but also get quantifiable evidence. However, this team have already publicly stated that they don't think it's extraterrestrial or alien, because obviously ships which defy every law of physics humans are currently aware of and travel at Mach levels of speed beyond which any human could survive. So, of course, it must be a country who is super advanced that we don't yet know about. 
Maybe it's Liechtenstein or San Marino's military. Whichever it is, Trump was asked by Fox News this week about the UFOs who were infinitely superior to any military aircraft we're aware of which can block weapon systems and outfly any missile we know of, and he basically responded that the USA military is now so advanced since he got in power that they would kick the alien butt. Was this just general campaign boasting, a veiled threat to other countries, or aliens watching Fox News? If they are watching and they're from another planet, they'll be wondering why Fox News keeps calling non-Americans aliens. The Daily Wire has reported a new documentary entitled The Phenomenon, interviews Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and John Podesta, former Chief of Staff to Bill Clinton and advisor to Obama. In the documentary, Reid states that the USA government does in fact hold a wealth of evidence of alien UFOs, but won't leak that information to the public, and that they've even interfered with USA weaponry before. Is this another part of the conspiracy that we're entering an era of slowly released disclosure? Last week I reported the Japanese government have confirmed that it's also officially tracking UFOs. German newspaper Deutsche Welle has claimed that the USA are keen to collaborate with Japan in their research of the UFOs over our planet's sky. Until the Japanese's change of direction, previous military personnel there have claimed that despite the frequent sightings in Japanese skies, there was no official protocol in reporting these issues, with often the pilots who'd seen them receiving ridicule if they ever did try to file an official report. This is according to Greg Sullivan of the Japan Centre for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. However, this hasn't stopped them coming forward, with Wing Commander Mamoru Sato reporting a flying saucer appearing by his plane at close range before disappearing at a rapid speed, and a group of pilots on an airbase looking up and seeing a series of highly reflected craft that moved at speeds beyond capabilities of conventional aircraft. Other notable Japanese reported sightings include one in November 2016, was a green flashing orb above Nagata. Then July 2015, ten white globes appeared above Osaka, and strange mystery lights were witnessed by dozens of people of Rokinawa in January 2014. Also, Miyuki Hatoyama, while her husband was Japan's Prime Minister, claimed a soul rode a triangular UFO and visited Venus while she was asleep. This must be a difference in Japanese culture, because I call this strange phenomenon a dream. Despite other countries' disclosure, British secret services are giving up absolutely nothing. Enthusiasts were excited that the photos from the Calvine incident in Scotland had reached their 30-year-old cut-off point and now could be released to the general public. The incident had multiple witnesses who saw a 100-foot-long spacecraft hovering across the area before RAF fighter jets came in to intercept it. I imagine like flies intercepting a lion, before the craft sped off. Despite this incredible evidence, the Ministry of Defence has blocked its release for another 50 years until 2072, treating the public like babies who cannot possibly cope with the truth. It's like something out of the X-Files. And yet the very fact that they're refusing to disclose it probably tells us more than if they did. Next up, Edinburgh News has reported that a respectable man with a respectable job. <laughs> I love that they've actually said that. It must be so abnormal that it's noteworthy in Edinburgh. Anyway, he's reportedly seen a white circular UFO over consecutive nights over the past few weeks beginning at 8pm over Grangemouth, which he filmed and photographed. 
This is now being investigated by UFO hunter Malcolm Robinson. A fast walker has been filmed and spotted over Milford in New Hampshire, USA, according to Anomalian.com. Apparently a fast walker is a term used by NORAD and branches of the armed forces to describe a UFO which changes directions at a high speed beyond anything our technology can muster. Of course it's called a fast walker. What other word than walk would use to describe something that flies? Evidence has been caught more frequently due to drone footage and the UFOs flying at a reasonably low level. In this evidence, this oval-shaped metallic object was flying at around 200 in altitude, moving exceptionally fast in a straight horizontal line. I have watched the footage captured on the 4th of October, which you can also see in the 40N News podcast flipboard page, and I have no explanation for it. It's clearly a silver metallic colour and far too small to be a craft for a human. Also, there is no clear methods of propulsion and it is moving at an exceptional speed. Now, hold on to your seats, you probably won't believe this, but our favourite human being, Scott C. Waring, has incredibly found another secret hidden UFO base, which is probably about the 20th of this year. This time, it's in the Stromboli Volcano in Sicily, as reported in the Express newspaper. And why does Scott think that this is? Well, it's because he saw a rock-coloured object spout from the volcano's mouth in one frame of film. Now, whereas I see an active volcano which spouts heat, smoke, fire and rocks, and then I see an object around rock size and the same colour as the rock of the volcanoes, I naively think that it's a rock. But of course, Scott says that it's just a perfect cover-up. And he's right, it is. It would be a perfect cover-up. I mean... Using this principle, birds would also be a perfect cover-up and nests could be secret UFO bases too. Scott also made the national news stating that a cloud in California was in fact a 70-foot tic-tac UFO and that a rock on Mars was actually a Bible amongst various other news reports that have also come out from Scott this week. I do feel for Scott though, I love the guy, but he's been attacked this week by an Indian media outlet called One India. Earlier this month above Tokyo Sports Stadium during an event, a photograph was captured of five lights flying in a circular formation above the stadium. Scott, who can never be accused of wild speculation, claimed on the evidence of the photo alone that, in his words, the five glowing orbs are working in unison, but I believe they are a different craft. Aliens are there to observe how Japanese are dealing with COVID-19 and the stresses of new rules. How humanity relaxes is a great way to see how humans deal with this new and complex stresses of life. It is not clear if the eyewitness saw it or realised it later after seeing the photos, but the photos are amazing evidence that aliens are observing Japanese. Despite Scott's quote, however, the media company took great pleasure in confirming that there were in fact an advertising board being towed from a plane. But Scott will have the last laugh because he will say that is a complete cover-up. I'm about to say a sentence I will probably never say with any purpose in my life again. In more UFO and volcano news, footage has been captured near Sakarajima volcano in Japan. In this incredible video footage, what looks like a flying saucer shoots across the night sky, but is then joined by a group of spheres which keep changing formation but mainly stay in a triangle and follow this saucer. Anyone with even a passing interest in UFO needs to check this footage out now. The Daily Star has reported that a high-speed object has been seen tumbling past the space station. 
In the footage, a shape is seen spinning at great speed in the distance from the station's live cam. However, despite the UFO supporters being desperate to conclude that this is a UFO, it is most likely to be some sort of space debris travelling through space. One thing it does prove, though, is that a satellite or the space station itself gets hit by something travelling at that speed, there won't be much of it left. Various news outlets reported on a YouTube video uploaded by Mr. MBB333, who, using Google Earth Explorer in Antarctica, an area rich with UFO conspiracy theories, he claims that UFO has started to be uncovered by the retreating ice. If you have listened to the show before, you'll probably know I'm a little sceptical of people using Google Earth to see what they want to see in the rocks, and most I've seen must be cases of pareidolia where the eye sees pictures in shapes. However, I must admit I'm quite convinced by this one. The object seems to be metallic and a perfect sphere and seems to be half submerged. There is also a dome on top and a clear outer rim and would be best described looking very much like a flying saucer. Check it out yourself and write in and let me know your views at 40nnewspodcast at gmail.com. Teesside News published an article about UFOs spotted over Martin in Teesside, UK. A 20-year-old bank worker called Andrew looked out of his window and spotted bright lights in the distance. The spherical object was floating high in the sky around 9pm. At first he thought it was a satellite, but he felt it was too bright and it remained still before a smaller UFO appeared alongside it and was moving around the station one for around 40 minutes before they both disappeared. The paper stated there have been a number of sightings in this county in the past few months. As a strange coincidence, the Grimsby newspaper reported similar findings after a couple spotted a strange big light before smaller pair started moving around it, before disappearing, mirroring the one seen in Teesside. Toronto news site, BlogTO, has reported that there's been an almost doubling in UFO sightings this year in Canada. A strange diamond UFO has been sighted over the Toronto city. In the incredible footage, this strange UFO flies in a non-combustible direction as it dashes and darts across the sky at incredible speed, impossible to any human technology. The news site reports that this is a similar case reported to the one in Tynemouth in England in 2015. And speaking of Canada, we have to give an enormous credit to Canada's Royal Mint for choosing to commemorate a 1979 UFO sighting in Clarenville when a glowing oval-shaped UFO hovered in the sky before vanishing, according to CBC News. They've produced a silver coin which glows different colours under black light, but they've sold out before they've even been pressed due to their high popularity. Roundup of the strange animal and cryptids. A big stir has been created when Spanish paranormal channel Mundo Estarico y Paranormal uploaded footage from a ring door camera that showed two black figures around two foot walking around the car and front yard. 
there has been much debate as to what these creatures are. Many people are claiming that these are goblins, while others say they're a pair of fairies. Scott C. Waring, of course, had no doubt that these are aliens searching for something. The pair of small black figures explore the area, moving back and forth, but what makes it difficult to discern is they're slightly blurred as they move. I have studied the footage, and I must admit I disagree with Scott and everyone else who's commented. I don't believe that these are aliens, fairies, goblins, boggles, leprechauns, or anything else of the sort. The creatures have long, thin, stick-like legs and large, webbed feet. There is a clear, flan-like tail at the top of its legs, making this very clearly a pair of birds. The webbed feet suggest a water bird of some sort. But Scott could be right, I've never actually seen an alien, have I? They could look like water birds. Staying in Spain, and in more 2020 weirdness, Spanish authorities have had to issue an official warning to small vessels after killer whales have started attacking boats off the coast and in Portugal in what looks like a orca-nized and orchestrated attack. Sorry, I, I couldn't resist. Whenever my car isn't working too well, or making a strange noise, I always try to impress my lady by popping open the bonnet and staring at the engine like I know what I'm doing. Maybe even rubbing some engine oil on my hands and face to look really rugged, while at the same time, not having a clue what the problem is. However, when Kellen Moore from Gaylor in Michigan heard strange noises coming from their engine, I think I could have solved the problem. Kellen lifted the bonnet, or as our American friends say, popped the hood, and they found 50 pounds around 23 kilograms of pine cones stuffed into every possible spare space around the engine. The issue was thought to be caused by a soon-to-be-very-hungry squirrel squirreling away the pine nuts for the winter. The internet has been left very confused, as various news outlets shows the insane footage of a moose running across the surface of a lake. The footage shows a boat speeding along as a moose starts galloping alongside the boat on top of the surface of the water before crossing in front of the boat and galloping off onto the other side of the shore. I have no comment, just Google it for yourself. Baby one-eyed albino shark do 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 Fisherman in Indonesia was shocked to find an albino baby shark. They were even more shocked to find it had one eye, right in the centre of its head. They were even more shocked to discover that it wasn't gross, but strangely cute and endearing, like a real-life Pokemon. It literally looks like some artist's creation for a cartoon. The fisherman sadly found an adult shark whom had accidentally died after being stuck in the nets, reported Vice. When they opened its belly out and removed the gut, they found three babies, one being this milk-white cyclops shark which they have given to the local marine office. Multiple USA news outlets posted a story about Barma Slam in New Brockton, Albany, USA. Barma Slam is an ATV recreation park where enthusiasts come and tear up the tracks during the day and camp at night. However, over the past month, strange reports have been coming in about cryptids in the area. This isn't the first time panic has risen on the land. A decade ago, a California research team visited Bamaslam, situated at Coffee County, Ashbury Community, due to sightings of either Bigfoot or Skunk Ape occurred and the strong smell of rotten cabbage that it left behind. Skunk Ape is reputed to be a native to the Florida swamps and witnesses state it's similar to Bigfoot just smaller, and stinks like your grandmother's flatulence 
after making soup from cabbage leaves, which are boiled until insipid and transparent and then passing through her digestive tract and released as gas. That's why skunk ape is the skunk part of its name. Multiple witnesses have stated there are loud screeches and shrieks going on at night. These could be dismissed easily, but some of the campers have been keen outdoorsmen and have stated that it sounds nothing like a coyote or any animal that they've heard native to this area. At the same time as the screeches, witnesses have heard the loud knocks, which are very typical of Bigfoot appearances, and some witnesses have even seen a humanoid figure walking in the tree lines, which they describe as ape-like. It would be unusual for skunk ape to be in this area of the USA. Another explanation could simply be that Bigfoot follows similar patterns to humans, and the smell could be attributed to a teenage boy Bigfoot. Workers at the site, Tanner Medley and Joe Blackburn, have been investigating the report from the park's users, and Medley said, When you dismiss all this erroneous possibilities, you have some sort of ape-like creature. Bama Slam has set up a Facebook linker asking anyone who used the site to pull out their phone and start filming to gather as much information as possible and post it there. Bigfoot has also been claimed to have appeared on a platform high up in the trees at Sequoia National Park. A son said to his sceptical dad that he spotted Bigfoot 50 foot up on the platform, so his father took photos, but as they tried to reach a better vantage point, whatever they saw had vanished. The father is now convinced that what he saw was some sort of ape-like creature. And finally, encrypted news. 2020, still being one of the best Nessie years for sightings, has dredged up even further evidence, as reported by the Scottish Daily Record. Ronald Mackenzie not only has one of the most stereotypical Scottish names, but is also the director of Cruise Loch Ness. He was leading a cruise who were excited because they all saw a stunningly beautiful sea eagle but what they witnessed next was even more exciting. While cruising over the middle of the lock, 189 metres deep, sonar radar picked up something 10 metres long, which he claimed he's never seen in 35 years of being on the lock. He said it could be a giant eel, sturgeon, or even Nessie itself, meaning Paddy Power, a betting agency, have slashed the odds of Nessie being real from 10 to 1 to 4 to 1. Meanwhile, across the pond, not the lock, I mean, in the States... Nessie's cousin, Champ, is involved in a challenge in Lake Champlain. The lake in New York State has had centuries of sightings of Champ, and now the authorities have set up the Champ Challenge, getting people to get evidence. If you're in the area, get a few worms, get your camera out and see what you can catch. now a roundup of the various other stories. Not happy with what that thick, stupid fate has in store for you? Want to teach destiny that you are way smarter and won't let it play out in your life? Well, now you can. Thai news outlet Sanuk has reported that a tattoo shop in Nonthaburi, owned by Professor Play, is altering your fate by tattooing new lines in your palms to alter your life story. I am wanting to get more listeners to this podcast, so I've got out a big biro and extended my success line. Let's see if it works. Stupid Destiny is never going to realise it's actually a biro. A Canadian traveller, known only as Nicole, 
was reported by Forbes as travelling to Pompeii, Italy, to return stolen objects which she claims has cursed her for 15 years. These items, which included mosaic fragments, ceramic fragments, and pieces of an Anmorpha, Nicole claims have caused her to have 15 years of unfortunate events, including health problems and running into financial difficulties, which all sound just like my average year. She returned the objects along with a letter to the ancient city, apologising for stealing the objects when she was, I quote, young and stupid, and that she wanted a piece of history no one else had. She went on that the artefacts linked to that land of destruction contained an abundance of negative energy, leading to a decade and a half of bad luck, pain and misfortune, resulting in a double breast cancer and mastectomy, and financial problems, and that they are good people and want forgiveness from God so that they don't pass the curse on to their children. Well, Nicole, if you're listening, as we do have a couple of listeners in Canada, research has shown that often people who believe that they've been cursed start to have bad luck, even if they actually haven't been cursed in the first place, due to a change in thinking and actions due to negative thoughts. If you can forgive yourself to a level you hope that you can get from your God, then you should be okay. And I'm sure, from myself and from every person listening to this, that we all wish you good luck for the future. Finally, I've been asked by a few people to comment on the fact that the pound shop, equivalent to a dollar store, has been selling a Ouija board, and what do I think of it? Well, a Ouija board, or Ouija board, however you want to pronounce it, is nothing more than a bit of wood with some numbers and letters on it. However, it's the intention that makes the difference. I do believe that there are negative things out there that are seeking permission to enter into our spaces and world. By using the Ouija board, you are giving consent. Now, I know many people use Ouija boards with no issues whatsoever, but as a paranormal investigator, I've also visited places that have had hauntings and only started when a Ouija board was first used. If you are going to do one, please make sure you look online at the rituals and how to protect yourself and make sure you say bye at the end. There could be nothing in it, but also there could be. So what's the problem in just being a little bit safer? that's it for another week thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it and please subscribe share it share it to your friends share it on social media especially for halloween we got some spooky things right at the start so please let people know and pass it on now genuinely and i'll be really honest with you i started writing this last week and i wrote it all sunday afternoon and i've been finishing work sorting my kids dinners and then right until 12 or 1 o'clock every single night this week. Uh, it's around 9,000 words, this, this episode. So it's the equivalent to a dissertation. I do it all in my spare time, just for you. So I don't do it, I get any money for it. It costs me money. So you can pay me back by letting other people know about it and building up a following. And again, thank you so much for the people, the lovely people that have got in touch um, to let me know they're enjoying the show. And I really appreciate it. Remember that we're on Facebook and on Twitter. Please do come and say hello. And we're also on the Flipboard app. So any stories that you've heard on here, if you want to see the uh, videos or the images, 
Go on Flipboard and just search for 4TN News Podcast and you'll find all the stories there as well as all the other stories I collate every single day. Um, it's quite interesting if you were into anything of the 4TN experience. I also would say as well, get in touch on 4TNNewsPodcast.gmail.com but fortunately Google's locked me out at the moment and I'm waiting for them to refresh my password. But until then, I'll hopefully get a new show out before Halloween. But if not, have an amazing Halloween. I hope you're all still safe and well. Thank you so much for listening. And just before I go, I, uh, I wrote an article. Um, it's ADHD Awareness Month in October. And I'm going to release the article just as a separate kind of uh, upload. Now, if you're not interested whatsoever, just, just press delete if you've got it subscribed. Uh, but if not, if you're slightly interested, um, I obviously have ADHD and I wanted to kind of share my experiences and just raise more awareness about this this huge condition. So yeah, give, give that a, a go and a look out and let anyone else know that might be interested. Other than that, much love to each and every single one of you. Please stay safe, look after each other, take care. This has been the 4TN News Podcast. Good night.